What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Laura, what do you got? Well, you know, I'm not a fan of the Padres. Obviously, I'm a huge Dodger fan. But their boys are back with a song, and I want you guys to hear a little bit of it. It's trash. I know, but, you know, we want to make fun of it. Okay. In the gas lane, seven months ago, Padres fans paraded through San Diego. They partied all night. It was quite a sight. Screw the Gavin Santubian by 10 at night. Now Titi's on the show, we'll win the rest for show. Okay, you paraded around the gas lamp for winning one game? Seriously? Wow. I mean, you're, mm, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I just wanted to make fun of them. So let me understand this. So you're a fan base that has never won anything. Correct. You've never believed that you could ever win anything. And even when you thought there was a glimmer of hope, you thought somehow, some way, this is going to be taken from me because I can't have nice things as a sports fan in San Diego. So that is the emotion. So now you start to believe, like, okay, we've added all this pitching. We've spent all this money. It's time to do battle with the Dodgers. And then what the Dodgers do is they go down to San Diego and they smack the Padres around and remind everybody who's who. So these kids go out there and they create these horrendous rap songs that are very funny because they're so bad. And then as soon as they release them, half a million views in, the whole cancel culture world is going, delete your app from your phone. They don't represent our fan base. Is that the joke? Like, am I, am I too uptight? Am I too old now to understand the joke that they put it out and then everybody beats up on it and that's the joke of it all? Is that the deal? Um... Are you too old? Or, or... I mean, the answer to that is generally going to be yes. Okay, because the question, the the next part of it is this then. Like, why, so is it really that bad? Because to me, if I were the Padres, I'd be like, hey, we actually have fans that create songs about us now. People actually care about baseball. Cool. I mean, look, I, I would imagine to your point, like, that fan base, because they haven't had a lot to hold on to, uh, will hold on to anything. And right now, they are, uh, you know... If the, the Dodgers are the real champs, the Padres are, you know, attempting to be paper champs at the moment. The Padres are paper right now. Vegas says that the Padres are right there behind the Dodgers. Dodgers the favorite, and the Padres the second favorite to possibly win the whole thing. But the Padres have yet to prove it, and so people like to just beat up on these guys. They're like, oh, their rap song sucks. Of course it sucks. Look at these guys. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they put a lot of work and effort into it, which I kind of thought was cool. I mean, did they put a lot of work and effort yeah, into it? Yeah, a lot. A lot. How do, you, how do you know? Well, here's how. Because if you watch the video and you see all the different shots and then you think to yourself how long it took to write the lyrics, how long it took to edit all this stuff, to go to all these places, let me tell you something, man. That's a serious production these guys did. Okay. What? It's true. Right. What else you got, Laura? That's I, it. That's it. I, I, I get one story. I, we don't, one we don't need story. to know nothing else. That's it. <laughs> that's all story. we need to know. Oh, what you story. do need to know is brought to you by Morongo, Play It Safe, Good Times. But uh, so I was laughing during that when Laura was reading, not because of what she was saying about the Padre fans in that awful song, but I was laughing because I decided to look at the text chat, and all of a sudden I see this lonely text from Greg that says, simply, Larry David. And it was referring to the photobomb conversation of, uh. you know, we were talking about Denzel Washington uh, photobombing a couple taking their wedding pictures in Central Park. And we were all telling the story of who, which celebrity we'd like to photobomb our picture. And I, I you know, poor Greg, man, he's still trying. He is right. trying. He cannot right. connect I appreciate today. appreciate that. 
We we are uh, we we he's having technical issues and has wanted to be a big part of the show today and it has just fallen flat. So I saw that and I just laughed because the man is still trying. I'll give him that. Well, on a day like today, where his UCLA Bruins have advanced and will play tomorrow night. By the way, that's right. I said tomorrow night. For the rest of you who like me are having a hard time with the grasp of this tournament and it's on on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, okay. So it is UCLA- weird that it's on on Mondays and Tuesdays. I'll right. give you that. Yeah. And so UCLA tomorrow coming off this incredible win against Alabama, the Dodgers being predicted to win more games than any team in the history of Major League Baseball, um, the Lakers getting Andre Drummond and, and filling a monster need. I mean, these are all the things that this kid cares about more than anything else on the planet, and he can't get on the air today. Yeah, it's a tough one. Tough day tomorrow, to be here. Tomorrow, tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Exactly. There is. There's a show tomorrow, so there is that. There's a show tomorrow. Yeah. So what are the chances that we get this all L.A. Final, final Four, four? matchup? Yeah. They're gonna, they would face each other in the next round. Right. What uh, are the chances? Okay, so let me, let me give you my thoughts on this real quick. Um, as someone who has not really watched a ton of college basketball until the college basketball tournaments, like the, uh, the conference tournaments, mm-hmm. okay? But I have done a crash course, and look, you know, ball is ball, LZ, right? Like, you, yep. you can get a pretty good glimpse if you watch a handful of games. And I feel like now that I've watched a handful of games on most of these teams, I have a pretty good grasp of who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not perfect, but a good, a good enough grasp, in my opinion. So Gonzaga, okay, is I think they're the best offensive team I've seen play in college basketball in a minute, okay? They move the ball really well. I think Jalen Suggs is legitimately a top three to five lottery pick uh, this season. And they just have got the Gonzaga things, right? Like they've got good shooting. They move the ball really well, right? All, mm-hmm. I, I know they play in a WAC conference, not in the WAC, but the WCC, but in, WAC as in W-H-A-K, H-A-C-K. So, uh, but, man, they, they are legitimately good. And the difference this year, LZ, mm-hmm. unlike previous years, is they actually play pretty good defense. Like, they have blown everyone out so far, from their conference tournament to this tournament. Like, they're legitimately good. But Mobley is also a top five player, I think, in this draft. And I think he's got the talent to potentially be one of the top three. Uh, Different player than Jalen Suggs. Uh, Suggs is a perimeter player. Mobley's more of a frontcourt player. But, man, could he rise to the occasion in one game and beat Gonzaga? Maybe. I I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe. Now, with UCLA and Michigan, UCLA and Cap, you said this earlier, they are tough as nails. They are the epitome of a Mick Cronin team. They may not have a ton of NBA talent, but man, do they play well as a team. And they have shown that they can overcome adversity, I think more so than any team in this tournament. So if I was going to lean to a team that can win the next round in regards to one of these two, Cap, I would start with UCLA. I'd go USC. I think the pressure is mounting now on Gonzaga. An undefeated season and having to win six games to get through. And now they're facing a team in USC that, okay, they got by Drake, no big deal. The game that I look at is when USC at a six seed beat up on Kansas, and I say beat up, 85-51. to 51. So yeah. for USC, who hasn't been here, okay, even though they have a coach that has a track record of some success back at Florida Gulf Coast and they've got a ton of talent, 
Okay, I think USC is primed right now to take advantage of Gonzaga and having the the heat turned up and the pressure turned up. And again, USC has already beaten somebody that you would look at and go, okay, it's like we're USC basketball, we're not USC football, and that's Kansas basketball, and they destroyed Kansas. UCLA playing all on house money has absolutely nothing to lose. I'm hoping to see both of them, but if I had to lean towards one, I'd go SC. Having the slightest idea. I haven't watched them, as everyone knows who listens to the show. I haven't watched them play, certainly not consistently. I did watch the last matchup these two teams faced against each other, but I haven't watched them play a lot of competition against other teams. But with all that being said, statistically, it looks as if UCLA Michigan is likely to be the closer matchup. Statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, and stylistically, I think, as well, too. And pr- probably. Though I, I, I tend to lean more towards Michigan because that number one seed is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think about Gonzaga and what they've always been, um, they've never had the depth to keep up. And that's always been their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually they get worn out in the tournament because they just can't keep up. They can get one or two good recruits and the rest of it's smoke and mirrors. But this team seems to be more complete. Yes. And they're still playing and coaches – Model of sharing the ball, not turning it over. So I'm going to say that the Michigan, the Michigan UCLA matchup has the potential of definitely getting UCLA through. I don't know about SC and Gonzaga. Here's the one thing I want to say about that SC Gonzaga game. So George, you talked about the West Coast Conference, and so Gonzaga plays in the same conference with literally nobody. There is not one team. St. Mary's and all these small schools. There is nobody that can compete with Gonzaga in their conference, so they fly through their conference schedule. And, yeah, they got some out-of-conference stuff that they do at the beginning of the season. USC now knows that what they've played to get here has shown them that they can destroy Kansas, but more than that, the conference, the the Pac-12 has shown so well in this tournament that they should feel very confident going up against Gonzaga that – our conference has prepared us for this moment. Their conference, Gonzaga's, has not. Yeah, that's true. It's funny. I, it's funny you bring that up because today I did the jump with Richard Jefferson and Matt Barnes. And look, obviously those guys went to Pac-12 schools. Richard went to Arizona, and Matt went to UCLA. Mm-hmm. And they were they said something very similar to that in one of the breaks when we were talking about these next matchups. That they, they do feel like though, while Gonzaga is very good. And Jalen Suggs is very good, and they're a more complete team than they've been. They were very down on the competition. Mm -hmm. And they still, even though they have played out of conference games against big schools this year, and they've won and won handily, they just feel like the undefeated part also comes back and catches up with you. And LZ, we've seen that. There's only been, I, I mean, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like, you know, eight or nine teams historically that have able they've been able to accomplish right. that go wire to wire in an NCAA season. Yeah, and most of those are UConn, <laughs> the women's side. Right, right, right. Um, but on the men's side, I think there's yeah, right, only right, like, right. like eight. Yeah. Right, right. Um, listen, I, the, the the team that I have casually witnessed, and again, I'm not watching Gonzaga. You know, from tip off to the end of the whistle blow and all that, they just seem to be deeper than in years past. Sure. Teams that have been, you know, high seed in the tournament maintain you know a high ranking and all of that this team seems to be a little bit deeper now what does that mean that means that if one of the guys who is frail for whatever reasons like the shot's not going down or he can't match up or whatever 
they have options. Whereas before, in years past, they flamed out because they didn't have any options. So I hear what the, what the guys are saying, what Richard and Matt are both saying in terms of the level of competition. But when you have the luxury of a next man up option, I don't think that level of competition is the same because now you got players who are coming in who are capable, who also have something to prove. And that chip in your shoulder can help cover a multitude of sin. I'm not sure how much NBA talent Gonzaga has seen along the way this year. And when they're playing in the West Coast Conference, the answer is zero. But outside of that, I couldn't tell you exact numbers. But when they take on USC, there are supposed to be, according to the so-called experts, at least two NBA players on the SC team. So it's a great opportunity, obviously, because SC has made it through. And the big win against Kansas gives you all the confidence that you can take down the higher seed. Yeah. Now, look, they also played Kansas to start the season and won fairly handily, right? So they, they, they've played Kansas. They've played Auburn, who's got potentially some NBA talent on there, West Virginia. Um, they never actually got to play their game with Baylor because it got canceled. So it, was, it was one of these tournaments. Then COVID came involved and got involved. And COVID knocked on the door and said, hey, man, you ain't playing. Sorry, we got to move on. We got to cancel this one. Uh, but they have played some some quality teams this year and and you know to your point nba talent no have they played an evan mobley no i don't think so so that's uh that's why i think that if you're usc this year um you've got a shot because evan mobley is legitimately a really really good nba type talent so he's going to stay to the senior year is that what you're saying oh, no yeah. definitely not he sure. is out <laughs> he is out he, he is out for sure but um yeah he he's incredible like i i i am a huge fan of that kid i think he's going to be really really good and i think that uh he's going to be good at the next level it, it would really be an electric moment for sports fans in la if ucla and usc played oh God, yeah. in a final four game yeah. and think about that you know lakers championship dodgers world series and again, you, a lot's got to happen. But USC and UCLA in the same year, not just in the Final Four, playing head to head in the Final Four. Right. And that is a sports fan's dream. And, and to your point, Cap, on the Pac 12, Oregon State is tied at 55. They were just down 12 right. like two minutes ago. Yeah. And they are on a 12 0 run right now to tie the game with three minutes and 30 seconds to go against the two seed Houston. So the Pac 12 is showing. Like, they are showing that they are the best conference in America despite the fact that, you know, everyone else doubted them. Like, they are, this is West Coast bias, or excuse me, East Coast bias, pardon me, uh, at its best when it comes to college basketball. Yeah, a lot of East Coast bias, as in, I didn't see any of your games. None, zero. Why? Right. Not interested. Didn't think you were very good. And the yeah. conference has proven well. All right, coming up next, the NFL is doing what it does. Money, 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 money. We'll explain what that's all about in about two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're getting there. 
Yeah, we're, we're getting there. So we're getting no, there. I love it. I love it. Just no, just keep doing that. I want you to keep being just oblivious. Just keep doing that. Like I like and not, don't do it on purpose. Just do it. Just do what you normally do because it's funny. Like, you know, and then we can make fun of you and you're a good sport about it. So there's yeah, that. It's all good. Um, good Lord. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> by the way, I'm watching this Houston-Oregon State game. We're talking yeah. about the Pac-12, dude. Houston's up 60-56. to 56. I got a minute 17. I say it like that because everybody's watching it on different streaming or cable or whatever. And who knows? You might be at a minute 35. Maybe you're at 22 seconds. Maybe the game's almost over. I'm just mentioning I got it at 113. That's where I'm yeah. at. I got 117. They're inbounding right now. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a, a tightly contested uh, game here the last, uh, you know, 15 minutes of real lifetime as opposed to uh, game time. But, yeah, I, I'd love for Houston, excuse me, for Oregon State to win too just to keep the Pac-12 thing rolling. Um, you know, it, it is funny. Um, I do want to get back to that argument uh, in a second, the, uh, the one that we had there in that um, <laughs> that you guys were having, that LZ was talking about the differences between – uh, why he proclaimed Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, uh, the greatest front court ever, um, juxtaposed to Bill Plaschke and Sports Illustrated, a bunch of these uh, publications saying that the Dodgers uh, may be the greatest team ever this particular season heading into the season. And your thoughts, LZ, was basically hashtag it's just baseball. Baseball's 162 games. Baseball is, uh, you know, more random, particularly in the postseason. Uh, one player dominates more in basketball. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, you know, it's just simply, it's, it's about the math of it all. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's just opportunities to impact the fact that you're impacting both sides of the ball consistently, uh, what they've already accomplished, what we know they are as players. When I look at that front court of the Lakers, I just go, I just don't know of any front court I can think of. Right. That's as talented as this one. Right. So Cap, you had said in that, um, in that rejoin that you disagree. What do you, what do you disagree about with that? Well, when we talk about the Lakers front court, you mean like, well, you were, cause you had brought up, well, why LZ, why are you anti Bill Plaschke saying that the Dodgers will have, will end up being the greatest, uh, have the greatest season in baseball history. When you mentioned that you think you're projecting that the Lakers, um, right. will have the best front court in right. NBA history with Drummond. Um, and then he laid out his argument that way, but you said, you thought it was a, gr a good argument, you just didn't agree with it. Well, I was actually mesmerized is the word I use because LG right. has, a, has a way of, as a writer of constructing sentences. And, and so I get myself all caught up and hypnotized in what he's saying. And then I'm like, now, wait a second. So, so the wait, Lakers... Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Did you, are you just saying that LZ is basically... Is, is like, you know, he, he's giving you bars and you're just so mesmerized by the bars because of his, uh, his, his skills as a writer and an orator that you're just, he's literally just sweeping you off your feet and you're forgetting what the hell you want to say? Is there anybody who's listening who sometimes when LZ goes into these classic writer rants that he's just so hypnotic that you're driving down the road and then when he's done, you're like, okay, oh, I snapped out of it. Okay, and that was my situation earlier today. So the thing that LZ was saying was, so I'm off. I'm out on hype around the Dodgers being the greatest baseball team ever. I am out on that. But I am in on the Lakers' new front court is the greatest front court in the history of the NBA. Right. So you're, you're out on Dodger hype, but you're in on Laker hype. And the thing about it is I'm the opposite, you see. I would be out on Laker hype because I haven't seen the three of them play together and two of the three of them are injured, so it's purely on paper. But on the Dodger hype side, 
there's a proven track record of eight straight years of winning the division and finally breaking through and winning the World Series. So that's what I was getting at. Why be all in on Lakers and all out on Dodgers? That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> why so? <laughs> because it's like the Dodgers are paper too. They have the championship, but we've made changes. The Lakers a have a championship. It is They've a made season. changes. Yeah. So you're still – I, I don't even understand how you even arrived to your conclusion. I hope I'm not mesmerizing you too much. You can't come up with an answer. But, it's, <laughs> but I'm like, you literally just rationalized your way out of your own argument. <laughs> I did? Yeah, pretty much. The, yeah. the, the Dodgers are on paper too. We haven't seen David Price pitch. We don't know what Gavin Lux is going to be. We're assuming he's going to play, but we right, don't know. But, but I, I, I will say this. I, I, I do agree. I, I kind of agree with both of you here in a little bit because I agree with you, LZ. Come over to it my is side. A, come on. It, it, hold on. Go to Cap's side. He needs to help. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come over it here. Is, it is a new season, right? And it's kind of like, like I'll give you the example in the NBA where, you know, we've talked, LZ, you've brought this up, right? Where if you look at, you know, the teams that made it to the final four in the NBA last year, they've all dealt with some version of injury issues or COVID or whatever. They've all dealt with it in some way, shape or form. Plus the fatigue, right? Like those teams have been more affected than the other teams. It feels like hence why the Utah's of the world specifically are thriving and whatnot. Um, And when it comes to, but in a new season, that's the reality of it. But to cap's point, Man, yeah, LZ, it, they do have David Price. They do have some new parts, and there are obviously different players on different teams. San Diego's much stronger, et cetera. But, man, the core of this team is there, and yep. I don't think I've ever seen, and maybe it's because I am on Plasky's side here, I, I have never seen a team this deep. And I grew up a Yankee fan, okay, when I was watching them in the 90s when they, were ha- but, they had but, dudes on the bench who were just like, but you know, my it could point, be starters most but, places. But, but my whole crux of the argument isn't based on whether or not the team is talented. It's based on the dynamics of the two different sports, which was okay. the which is the reason why I brought up the opposite side of the argument so I can debunk it. It's because of you can be extremely talented on paper, but in, in baseball. baseball things happen. Right. It, there are more, they, there's and, more and, randomness. And there's uh, more okay. randomness. Exactly. There's more yeah. randomness to it. We've seen extremely talented teams where the teams are, are you know, like the Chicago Cubs are supposed to go on this ultimate run. They only end up winning one. That was one, a very right. deep and I mean, talented team. the Atlanta team. Braves are the perfect example. The right? Atlanta Braves, exactly. So many amazing regular seasons only to be derailed in the postseason. And yeah. no one had a better pitching staff. And at one yeah. point, no one had a better outfield either. And the they Oakland still, they still yeah. couldn't get it. The Oakland A's. So there's so many examples yeah. of teams with this much talent yeah. not even getting to the World Series. There aren't a lot of examples in the NBA of teams with potentially three Hall of Famers in their prime in the front court. Right. Well, the I, I, I'd slow down with Hall of Famer on Andre Drummond, but he's at least an all-star, multiple-time listen, all-star. Listen, yeah. if this thing works out the way that I think it will, he's going to be right there in that conversation. Mm. He's only I mean, 27. he's got to stick around. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, he's got to stick around, but he's only 27. Yeah. He wins a chip yeah. this year. He's well on his way. He's already done some things only 19 other players in the league history has done already. Somehow I disagreed with both of you here. It's kind of Yeah, strange. it's good. It's good. Yeah. I, listen, I think you guys are missing what I'm saying, which is I'm disagreeing with Plasky. Look, 
when you when you go out and you say this is going to be the greatest baseball team in the history of baseball, it's going to win more regular season games than anybody's ever won in baseball. Okay. Baseball is the ultimate if game. Baseball right. always comes down to if, if, if. If right. this guy's healthy, if this guy pitches deep, yeah. if this guy hits this number of home runs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So for me, I think the, the expectation is kind of a little bit ridiculous, very frankly. And, and his point would be no, because if you look at a 60-game season and you look at the number of games that they won last year, they're on pace to win whatever it is, 117. But over the course of 162, uh, going to be awfully hard if your expectation is to be the greatest baseball team in the history of baseball. Man. He I, you did mesmerize him, I think. See no. that right there, LZ? I got you back. No, actually, I stopped listening. I stopped looking at what's going on on the internet with Well, that's with a Baylor. form of mesmerization. <laughs> that's mesmerizing. You did. Wait, but I feel like you, Cap, you just made LZ's argument. Well, what, what we were arguing about was LZ decided to say, I'm all in on the Lakers, and I'm not in on the Dodger hype. And I just thought it was kind of funny that you could say, this is the greatest front court You were saying the juxtaposition of, of it. Right. Right, the right. greatest front court of all time that two of the three of these guys are hurt. We don't know when, yeah. and we don't you know, know what? what they'll be. I think you're both wrong. How about that? Yeah. Eh, you guys need to see this clip of, of UConn versus Baylor. This is – I can't believe they didn't call a foul on this last oh, on the women's show. in the women's game? Yes. Yeah. This is absolutely amazing. Like, everyone on the internet was like – or everyone who's watching the game on the internet – Right. Are like going, how the hell did the refs miss that, miss that one? And I would hate for us to be robbed of an SC-UCLA battle because of a ref missed a foul call. And I'm being reminded of that as I watch this foul call totally be missed. She gets punched in the face almost, and they didn't call a foul, and now they don't get a chance to advance. Well, I, I'm sure because it's UConn and Baylor, the defending champion, it'll pretty much be on every television show tomorrow. So there's that. And, you there's know, it's, it's on ESPN right Man, now. So That would uh, really, really suck if yeah. if something like that happens and we don't get SC versus UCLA because of a missed foul call. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it'll – I mean, look, look, college refs are worse than pro refs. Like, there's a, you know, there's a reason. They're, they're all really they're, bad. They're, yeah, there's a reason that they're co- they're they're refing college games and not professional games, right? Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, I, I'm I didn't see it, LZ, but I'm curious I'm to it. see it. I'm You're watching, watching it right now? now. Is yeah. it as bad as LZ says? Yeah, I mean everybody who's there is like looking up at the scoreboard, going, "Wait a second! They just threw like two hands at this girl and threw yeah. her down to the ground, and there's not one call, and it's yeah. a one point game with point four seconds to go." Right. Oi vey. The rich gets richer. Yeah. UConn well, moves on. UConn moved on, and Baylor, who I picked to win the championship in my uh, women's bracket, uh, eliminated. I, now I'm upset. That's where you should be. There you go. I I am filing a protest for my bracket in my though, women's bracket. Though, <laughs> real talk, if yeah. you score 15, 16, and twelve in three consecutive quarters, probably you shouldn't win. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's that. Too. There's more than just one call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by the way, UConn only scored 11, 16, and 16, too. So it's That's not true. like they That's were scoring true. all that better. To be honest with you. It was a defensive struggle. It was, yes. It was a struggle, all right. Um, all right, listen, coming up next, we have big deal or no deal. Laura is going to take on the game because Greg – you know, I miss making fun of Greg. I got to be honest with you. We are two and a half hours in. As much as we wanted to, uh, you know, kind of uh, – 
you know, have our fun with him not being on and not being able to voice his opinion and being trapped in a glass case of emotion. I kind of miss the fact that we uh, we always unite and make fun oh, of him. Man, you think you miss it. What do you think he feels like right now? This kid is <laughs> dying right now. He is absolutely dying. <laughs> do you think he death. actually misses it? Oh, my God. He is sitting in his apartment right now. Laura? Yelling and screaming. Oh, 100%. I can't get on. He misses right? it. And he's not yeah. in the studio just to be on air and be all involved. He'll be in studio. Do you think he'll be in studio tomorrow, Elsie? I don't know. He hasn't texted us in a while. Are you sure he's even <laughs> listening anymore? Yeah, I don't think he's listening anymore either. That is a great point. Maybe Elsie. he zoned Again. out on one of my rants. Excellent observation. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here oh, he there is. it is. I was very annoyed all day. Hashtag okay. Larry David. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, all right. Coming up next, big deal or no deal, Laura will, will uh, handle the game. We're back in a couple minutes. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, so you heard us. Greg is having technical issues today. He's in a glass case of emotion because he can't, uh, you know, tell people how he feels about UCLA and the Dodgers and the Lakers and all this stuff. But Laura, who we always can count on, thank you, because you know she's more dependable than yeah. than Greg. There's no, she does come to work. Shows up at the there, studio. There is <laughs> that. Uh, we'll take care of big deal or no deal. Laura, what do you have? All right, you know, just like a woman to come and show up and. Handle, but clean up all the mess, no <laughs> doubt. Said it earlier. All right. So the U.S. men's soccer team lost to Honduras two to one yesterday, and with that loss, the men's team has failed to make the Olympics again. And the last time they made the Olympics was in 2008. Is that a big deal or no deal? Who'd they lose to? Honduras. Honduras. Yeah, I love the way you say it. That's why I asked you to say it again because <laughs> I just thought they lost to Honduras. You know, but that's just me. Um, I'll take it first, George, if you don't mind. I think this is a big sure. deal. I think it's a very big deal. I think, you know, listen, in the early 90s, for those of you that can remember this, LZ, back in Detroit, as a matter of fact, they played World Cup soccer games in the United States, and they played in the Pontiac Silverdome. And back then in the early 90s, we were all being told, this U.S. team is going to set the future generations, and U.S. soccer is coming, and by 2020, U.S. soccer is going to be up there with everybody else in the world, and none of it has happened. None of it have a hard time qualifying for the World Cup or don't. This is now, I think, the third straight time that the men's under-23 team has not qualified for the Olympics. You can't get into the Olympics. You can't get into the World Cup. You can't be taken seriously as a soccer player. I say it's a big deal. LZ? Um, I'm cool. <laughs> I don't know which deal that is, but I'm cool with it because it's all about the women anyway, and it's been about mm -hmm. the women for a minute. So right. I guess it's not a big deal. You know, it's until you actually make us have expectations for you yeah you falling short of winning championships doesn't really matter now if the women were eliminated all hands on deck what the hell go get me a ham dust her off put it back out there do whatever we can but because the men haven't really raised the bar who cares if you trip over it mm-hmm um, I, I would agree with that, LZ, and agree with what you said, Cap. I'll add this, um, because I had this conversation in the office today. Um, I ran into Hercules Gomez, obviously, who played for Team USA 
Um, and he, look, I think this is no deal uh, because they basically slapped a team together to try to just qualify for the Olympics. And that's not going to work when you have teams that are um, better suited to handle these type of situations. And look, the Olympics is not the World Cup. Missing out on the World Cup, I think, is a much bigger deal. I think because it's the U.S. and because they've been striving to try to get the soccer program going and have been stalling uh, for the most part here over the last almost decade or so, um, I, I think that it, 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 they try to make it a bigger deal. But even teams like Germany have missed out on the Olympics a couple of times, and, and they're a powerhouse. So I, I'm, I'm going to go no deal on this one. Laura? Laura? Oh, my turn next because I thought it was just no next, next girl. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, unless you got a take, if you got a take, I don't care for soccer. So it's not a big deal. Oh, to that, me. that's what I'm saying. I knew you. You you always telling me that you know my mom and my family says I'm not Mexican because I don't like soccer, and I'm just like okay. So I didn't want. I didn't know if you had a take on this one. Just I'm just case. used to you going next. So okay, I apologize. Next, on, on to the next, next one, one. One, on to the next one. There you yeah. go. <laughs> we missed Greg. Okay. So there. We, there we, let's hear Greg one more time. One more time. Let's hear Greg one more time. We hadn't oh, heard Greg, his voice yeah, all day. Yeah, so he's he's going to be great today, that buddy. One. Yep, you <laughs> yeah. were on the air today, Greg. You were on the air. Yeah. There you go. He made it. Yeah. So last week was the anniversary uh, anniversary of Randy Johnson uh, throwing the pitch that literally made a bird explode. Mm-hmm. Is that a big mm-hmm. deal or no deal? That's a big deal. Do you remember that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. the timing for that to occur right. is some freaky aliens are here stuff. Mm. Yeah. In order for a baseball being thrown by that arm at that moment and that bird is in that route mm-hmm. flying through at that exact that's like some, you know, that's some mysterious stuff, man. That's some get the sage out and clear out all the demons. Yeah, it's also um when like that bird video, I can see it. I I'm I'd have to look it up, but I mean I remember it vividly. I'm with you, LZ. Like how the bird and the ball occupy that one inch of planet earth at the exact same time is fascinating but have you ever seen the video where the uh, male supermodel fabio was on a roller coaster and a bird hit him directly in the face and exploded you guys ever seen no i did not know that oh yeah Hmm. yeah yeah i mean it's just weird sometimes how birds get blown (laughs) up in things yo (laughs) listen birds you don't want to mess with birds man so when i lived um in miami um in the springtime you know, even though it's warm there all the time, it was really weird. These birds by my apartment building, they used to nest in a certain aspect Ooh, of the neighborhood. I know what you're going to say. And I would walk the dog, right? I would go walk my dog at the time. And, man, every time I walked by this one group of trees, these birds would be zooming right by my head. And, like, and like they tried to zoom right by my dog's head. I'm like, damn, and we'd just be running every time. So I'd always forget early on, right, like at the beginning of the spring – and and then you know after that I wouldn't go by there for like a month like it's just they're crazy damn birds yeah you know? some Alfred Hitchcock stuff right there yeah all right Laura next all right this one was really interesting to me Chris Columbus director of Miss Doubtfire says that there is a R-rated version of the film this exists and I want to see it is this a big deal or no deal. Oh my God! Huge deal. If I first of all, I love that movie. Okay, number one. Uh, number Hello. two. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams. God, I miss him so much, man. Like he was so so good. It was wild because I, I think I've told you guys the story that I watched the uh, the Showtime documentary on the Comedy Store, mm-hmm. and you know they sure. were 
they had clips with him in it, and it just mm-hmm. was like, man, you forget like how talented that dude was, um, but obviously had so many demons to deal with. Um, so yes, I, 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 you know, I miss him. Um, I miss his comedy. Um, I miss just like his perspective on stuff. He was always so kind and warm. Um, whenever you would see him in these interview settings, and and just uh, yeah, so big deal. I I miss him, and I'd love to see anything that involves him at this stage. I think it was a big deal. I'm I'm going to wade into this water cautiously because I'm not trans, and so I don't want to speak for a community I'm not part of. But I personally thought when I think about all the movies that Hollywood has done where the guy dresses up as a woman, I found this film to be the least offensive in that space. Right. Usually it is, the joke is, you know, transphobic, mixing with homophobia, and it relies on these really kind of antiquated tropes and and tired jokes. And I didn't think Mrs. Doubtfire was like that. I thought it was a film with heart. Yeah, it was a cute movie about a dad doing whatever it took to be around his kids. Exactly, exactly. Now again, I'm not part of that community. If people who are trans feel differently, please feel free to tweet at me or whatever. But I just thought it was a, a wonderful film with heart and Robin Williams' comedic timing was impeccable throughout that film. And shouts out to you, Harvey Weinstein, too, for playing the brother. That was awesome. I'm going no deal here. Um, so the film is like 20-something, like almost 30 years old, and yeah. now there's an R-rated version. So understand, I love Robin Williams, and um, I had some really interesting run-ins with Robin Williams. That, really? Yeah. That um, So we both used to, and I still do, support the Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is an organization that supplies like wheelchairs and bikes and things to help people that have lost limbs, be it in war or born with birth defects. Anyway, so that, you know, get them in the game of life through sports. And Robin Williams would always come every year to the beginning of our ride from San Francisco to San Diego, 750-mile bike ride over seven days. And Robin Williams would walk in to the 100 riders that were going to do this thing and raise this million dollars for this organization. And he'd just do Robin Williams. Just stand up there in close quarters. Just hang out and do what he does. And his brilliance was on display like at all times. He could just mm, just turn it on. Amazing. But I still think it's no deal on the film. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Laura, you got one more? Uh, quickly, yeah. I can do one more. Okay. All right. So we've talked about this before with other companies, but Visa is going to allow the cryptocurrency um, USD coin as an acceptable payment to settle transactions. Is that a big deal or no deal? Big deal. Uh, look, I think we, we are slowly but surely morphing into this. I know that there is a uh, sect uh, sector of the uh, government uh, and governments, it's not just here in the U.S., that don't understand this. I think there are people in the financial community that don't get this. I think the problem is people that work in the crypto community, um, they're, they're almost just like, too cool for school, some of them. Now, there's plenty of them that are willing to uh, you know, help people understand it, but I think as a whole, there is a lack of communication between the traditional finance sector and the uh, crypto sector. I think slowly but surely that's happening, um, but I, I still think we're a long ways away. But again, institutional buy-in, right? Like Visa and these, you know, Fidelity's about to release an ETF. I think all these things are good for that crypto sector. No deal. No deal. No big deal. Because more and more transactions are happening with the use of cryptocurrency. And so I'm personally not exactly walking into my local burger joint and going, yo, you guys take crypto or what? But people are buying homes with cryptocurrency. Uh, Elon Musk is accepting yeah. cryptocurrency to, to buy a Tesla. 
And so I'm just saying it's no big deal because it's happening. Okay, fair enough. I say it's a big deal. Okay. Um, It's a big deal because Visa, is my understanding, was kind of slothful on this. Mm -hmm. And whenever the last domino falls, you can kind of wait to see everything else kind of come into play. And so maybe we're going to begin to see more and more gravitation towards this form form of currency exchange. Though, I don't really get the big deal because all of it is made up, right? We're all agreeing this dollar is worth this amount of work and this coin is worth this amount of... I mean, so it's all made up to begin with. So why are we freaking out at this yeah. new version of making yeah. things up? Right. Why gold instead of silver? Or, exactly. Right, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why, why is the diamond so much more important than, you know, whatever? The it's sapphire all made up. or the ruby. Exactly. Yeah. Why is a piece of art that you look at a piece of art and the guy goes, hey, look at this piece of art. Take a look at this thing. You go, uh-huh, yeah, and? And the guy goes, how much do you think this piece of art is? I don't know. I really don't know, man. A million dollars. I go, million dollars? For that piece of crap? Give me a break, man. So it's, it's, it's whoever determines the value. And yes. so I'm with you. You know, it, it is very much made up because somebody has determined the value is X. And Visa says, we'll take it. All right. That is big deal. No deal. We'll be back in two minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don LZ and Cap, final segment here. We have a short segment because we've got college basketball coming your way. We've got Arkansas and Baylor, and then I believe tomorrow night we will have the UCLA-Michigan game uh, here on our air, so make sure you tune in for that. Maybe Greg will be on the show tomorrow. Who knows? What do you think, LZ? Ooh, fingers crossed. <laughs> There's no way this kid goes another day. He comes into the studio. He does whatever it takes, fixes his equipment at home, or yeah. comes into the studio. There's no way that this guy lets another day go by where he doesn't get on. All right, we only have three minutes here. But speaking of does whatever it takes, I'll give the NFL this. They do whatever it takes to make money. And their players be damned. They're going to go to this 17-game season, which I just feel like is so unnecessary. Now, I get it. I say that as someone who's, who's uh, place of employment is going to benefit from that, right, with an extra game. Um, you know, but I, I just don't – man, you can't be preaching player safety, Scott. And then go and add more games. I know. I know. And, and let me just tell you something, George. It's like I'm, I'm torn on this because on one hand, more NFL football, more regular season, expanded playoffs, that's good for me, the fan. Um, but for me, the guy who's got a whole bunch of pals who are former NFL players who don't know what planet they live on right now, and they're in their mid-50s, that's bad. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very torn in this because on one hand, fan wants more football. But knowing what football does to the brain – it's like, oh, really? You guys are going to play more? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and listen, you're very aware of this because of your, you know, your old radio partner obviously played football for a very long time. Yep, uh, high school football, college football, NFL football, 10 years of big, gigantic, steroided freaks running headfirst into each other, and now it's like, hey, what would you have for lunch? You're like, I don't know. What, did I eat lunch? I have no idea what's going on. I mean, it's yeah. sad, dude. Yeah. And it's real. No, it, it is sad. It is real. Um, but it's also the business. Yep. You know what right? you're And, well, I mean, it's not me. It's what I've been told. You know, two plus decades of being in and around, you know, all the major sports, particularly football, you know, especially football, given its popularity. Um, I'm told way too often that we know. Yeah. We know. Yep. And yeah. so I'm going to ride with the people who have told me repeatedly, and I'm talking to everyone from Hall of Famers all the way down to people who didn't make the team. They know the risks. They're willing to take the risks. That doesn't mean they want the NFL to ignore safety. But at the end of the day, you know, these men that I've spoken to over the years, and I'm sure you guys have as well, they love this game. They love the physicality of it. They love the challenge of it. And they know what they're signing up for. So I'm just going to roll with what they've told me, not how I feel, because I'm not a football player. and I've never been a football player. Yeah, it, it is pretty wild, man. Like, um, Scott, before, you know – I, 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 you know, you George, know, I was doing point. the math today. I was doing the math today on like the average, uh, the average career is like three, four years. So yes. you're talking about adding like three or four games. So like for players that were like, hey, this is terrible. Why are they doing it? It's like, I don't know, man. How much are they really adding to your career? Not much. They're actually taking away from your career if you kind of add on. Yeah. In yeah. theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We are done here. LZ Granderson, excellent work as always. You too, brother. Scott, excellent work as always. Much love to all. Laura, thank you for holding down the fort. And Greg, I know you can hear us. We kind of did miss making fun of you. That's true. So hopefully you'll be on tomorrow. All right, we're done here. College basketball, Baylor, and uh, who, am I, who are they playing? Uh, Baylor and who are we playing? Who are they playing? Arkansas. Baylor and Arkansas. My bad. Uh, and don't forget, we got UCLA's game on tomorrow too, uh, right after us. So we'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.55. See ya.